We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. All right, so coming up first, Crypto, what's our first selection for top SFFF? I had too many Fs. <laughs> Adaptation that needs to happen. I wanted to kick it off with Phasma, because she was done dirty in the movies. Captain Phasma, the book is called Phasma by Delilah S. Dawson. And in this book, it kind of goes through the origin story of Captain Phasma before she was Captain Phasma. And it starts off on her, you know, very remote world where she's very young, doesn't have her armor, uh, you know, isn't, you know, known throughout the galaxy or anything. And just goes through her origin story uh, from very humble beginnings to the very end when she makes her own armor that you see in this, the, the movies. And it is an absolutely amazing adventure and a, a great ride. And I think it'd be a really, really cool series. Uh, limited series, six to eight episodes. I think that's all it would need. Uh, and, and I think that it would do our girl justice because I feel like she was done very wrong in the movies. It's so primal, that book. Like the setting, like you almost get this like very prehistoric almost atmosphere with almost like cave-like individuals. But then you also have technology of empire crash landing in this almost like lost universe world. And you see Phasma's growth. You see her, how she is like, I can rise up. I can be stronger. I can be better. And you see how ruthless and why she's so ruthless through this too, that uh, as a character that the second she stepped onto scene, that the moment the audience laid eyes on that character, you knew it was someone, what's her story? I need to know more about what the heck is going on with that Captain Phasma. And this is a story that I think delivers on that. Yeah, I think the book does a great job of showing how cunning she was, how ruthless she was, uh, how she was a strong female lead. And then to see that kind of be squandered in the movies is heartbreaking uh, because you see what she went through to rise up through these ranks. And and not that she was an evil person, uh, that she was a bad person. She was just trying to survive and help her her tribe survive as well. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was an incredible story. I really enjoyed it. And I think it'd be a really cool adaptation for Disney to put on Disney+. Plus. Now let's keep that Star Wars train rolling because I'm actually going to select a Star Wars pick as well. And I'm going to actually choose the book that I recommended to you when you finished. This is when we first started talking about books. I was like, hey, have you read this thing called the Darth Bane trilogy? And you're like, no, what's that? And I think you knew Drew Carpation from the video games, right? Because he was the author and creator behind a lot of the Old Republic era lore and video games. And if we go back before The Phantom Menace, before the movies, what a lot of people have is their beginning of Star Wars. You had tons of Sith. I mean, they were everywhere, fighting each other, infighting with each other. And there's always this craving of power, but they never got anywhere, right? They always got their 
butts kicked by the good guys because they're always fighting and betraying each other. Until we get the rule of two. This is kind of an origin story of just the slogan, the rule of two. Where did that come from, right? One to hold the power, one to crave it, a master and an apprentice. And this book masterfully explores what a Sith culture would be like with the scheming and the betrayal and the evilness to crafting that to a weapon, to crafting a individual under your wing that you know will destroy you one day. And the whole time you're reading this book, you're like, oh, snap, when's it going to happen? When's the betrayal coming? And it's just, it's a ride. It explains things that happen in the Force of why they're able to take hits that's just so masterfully done that I think it made the Force more believable to me, if that makes sense. This is probably one of the best book recommendations that you ever gave me. I remember I immediately downloaded it on Audible and I started listening to it, and it was incredible. The story of Darth Bane is... Something that is kind of like that anti-hero story that we've talked about so many times before, where it gives that background to, quote, your villain. And you root for the bad guy here. He comes from humble origins, and you see him rise uh, you know, through the trilogy and, and create the rule of two. Uh, he gets an apprentice and, you know, he, he uses some cool force powers that we've never seen anywhere else. And he's somebody that is one of the most powerful force wielders, uh, you know, becomes a great uh, uh, lightsaber duelist. It's just, it would be an incredible show uh, or movie. I, I think it would probably go movie. We go movie, trilogy, three movies, you know, for each book because there's three books. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, it could be done very, very well. And, and I already have the casting done. Dave Bautista as Darth Bane. Oh, because he's supposed to be this really big, hulking, lumbering of a man. And I, I think that Dave Bautista would nail it. Never have we casted a better member of a mining culture to come up and become the ultimate Sith Lord. But I, I would agree <laughs> with that casting there. Now let's hear what the third selection is going to be for SFF adaptations that need to happen. I'm going to go with Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files, which I know has already been done as a series, but I think that it could be done correctly this time it can be done well <laughs> the dresden files revolves around harry dresden he's a wizard that lives in chicago and he's just trying to make ends meet and uh he goes through you know normal wizard stuff um but no he's tasked to help the uh chicago pd uh solve some you know crazy crimes that they can't figure out because there's supernatural elements to it uh in the course of this series kind of blossoms from there and, and I think that there's nearly 20 books now. I think when it's all said and done, Jim Butcher said there's going to be 23 books total, uh, which, I mean, it's just a plethora. You could even, you know, I know that's too much to make 23, you know, series, seasons or whatever, but you could cram some of those together and then, uh, you know, make a, well, a great series. I think it'd be amazing. And I know that there are plenty of people that would be clamoring for that. So he's Wizard Batman, essentially. Yes. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yes, Wizard <laughs> Batman. I love it. All right, coming up for my fourth pick, this is the one that Crypto says I'm cheating on. So be it. I'm going to actually go with, hear me out. I know there was a movie. I know everybody, hey, if you think it was great, I don't know who you are because I don't think you exist. The Dark Tower movie is 
one of the most universally hated adaptations of the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. It's a seven-book series that's just all over the place. It jumps genres from Wild Wild West to just straight-up fantasy to these, these jungle adventure stories about people experiencing technology. And it's all about one man's journey, a tower junkie to get to the Dark Tower, right? That's what the series is called. And you follow him, the gunslinger, as he goes on these adventures, assembling his Fellowship of the Ring, right? So it's a very long story. And to to get to the end, to the payout, it's amazing how it, it contextualizes that whole adventure. It's just something that there, there's a reason why people can reread it so many times. So to take these 4,400 pages and jam them into a half attempt at a movie that just completely skips all the development and the explorations, it, it just... it it will not work as a movie or, or maybe it needs to be seven movies. I don't know, but I think a TV show giving it time to walk through the strangeness, to walk through the adventures and the camaraderie and ultimately like some of the grotesque and humorous elements of a Stephen King novel. I think it deserves its own series. All right. All right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Matthew McConaughey did a pretty good job, uh, you know, as the man in black in that movie, but everything else is, is, is horrible, 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 horrible with seven books. And again, you could even mush a few of them together, like the gunslinger and the drawing of three, which are the first and second book. You could mush those into one season and you could do eight to 10 episodes. And then from there, you'd probably have to do each individual book. Cause some of them are pretty hefty at coming in at almost a thousand pages. Uh, you, you'd have to do each one as a, as a season, eight to 10 episodes, but wow, what an adventure it could be. Because as you said, you have, uh, the shift of genres. You also have time jumps. So you're moving around throughout time in the series, which is really cool. So then think of all the different, you know, locations you could go to and all the different, you know, clothes and set designs and music. Oh, think of all like the 1960s music, 70s music, 80s music. The soundtrack mm. would be incredible on a, yeah, on a series yeah. like that. As long as you get, you know, like if they put it on Apple TV. Apple has access to most of that, you know, library of music during that time period. Oh my. Wow, that could be so good. And they just bumbled it with that movie. It deserves better because it's such an iconic series that almost made Stephen King a household name. You know, I love how James Gunn took the this generational kind of approach to the soundtrack of using pop music and really integrated it so well into the movie. I'd love to see that happen to your point with the Dark Tower series. Well, that's a great idea. He, he'd be even probably a good director for some of the episodes or season or anything. All right. And last but not least, our fifth pick for SSF adaptation that needs to happen. So this is uh, one that I don't think is quite known as many of the others on our list, but it's called Super Powered's. And it's by Drew Hayes, and it's a four-book series that basically revolves around superheroes and they're in the real world, but it's more set in a real setting, kind of like the boys. So in Superpowers, there are heroes that go to school to learn how to be heroes. And you have to graduate school, and then you have to go under an internship, and then you have to be part of a team. You get an agent. Uh, there's a government oversight committee. It's very, very grounded in reality, as, as much as superpowers can be. But then there's a glitch. People that have superpowers that don't 
work. And the best example from the series is a guy can teleport, but he can only teleport when he sneezes. Uh, so there, there's all these like people that are running around that are called powers that have powers, but they don't work exactly right. And the kind of whole premise is the whole book is, uh, they're going to try to figure out a cure to fix powers. Uh, and in those four books, there's basically five main characters that are going to college. So year one could be their freshman year, season one, book two, book three, book four, you know, sophomore, junior, senior year. And, uh, I just think they'd be really cool. Uh, I think that be really a hit with younger audience because you would cast these people at maybe 18, 19, 20 years old, the main cast members, uh, and you would have them for several seasons and be able to, uh, you know, kind of have the younger generation grow up with them. Uh, who doesn't love, you know, kind of that Harry Potter style of seeing people grow up inside of the films and evolve it, it would be a lot of fun. And uh, there's some good twists and stuff along the way. Lots of cool, unique superpowers that I don't think I've ever seen in any other, uh, you know, sci-fi fantasy type book or movie or anything. Oh, it would be so good. So good. How uh, how similar or dissimilar is it from like X-Men? Like when you when you talk about a school and you talk about these people who are different. And like, I remember even like when you watch like the 90s cartoon, there was like, there's this part that was like, symbolic and representative of racism but it was like this guy is like i don't look different i or i don't i don't have any special powers i just look different i'm blue like how similar is it to some of like those x-men vibes i think i don't think that drew hayes was drawing too much on like x-men or anything uh, I, I feel it's more like harry potter because the schools are at normal colleges but all the the students that are in the special academy that's underground the normal college they have secret entrances uh and they don't go off on missions or adventures or anything um and the whole thing about the first one is nobody knows that five powers have entered into the academy and eventually you know spoilers that that's found out but uh, and then they are shunned for that reason. They're looked down upon as lesser than for that reason. So, I mean, a little bit like that, um, but these are just kids that are trying to go to college. They have to go to normal college, and they have to go to special you know, college. The HCP is what they call it, um, Hero Certification Program, to try to graduate and become a hero. Uh, and there's a lot of other, you know, inter- uh, uh, connectivity between like, you know, the, the individuals, I guess, sort of like X-Men where, you know, love triangles and stuff like that. So I guess you could, it could relate a little bit, but it doesn't have like any direct parallels or, you know, it's not used, I think as a source material at all. Well, that was our top five selections for SFF adaptations that need to happen. What are your selections? Let us know in the comments down below, or feel free to make a video response. Looking forward to hearing from you. My name is Benuna. Peace.